the episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the host, and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to usfreedompodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 100 of this flipping podcast. Uh, it was my intent, at least, that Taylor and I would see each other at the Texas Pinball Festival. And even if we recorded something short while we were there together, we could do episode 100 in person. Uh, clearly, thanks to coronavirus slash COVID-19 slash whatever, that's not happening. Um, I think it's safe to say we've been like relatively bummed and everyone's dealing with this entire thing in our own individual ways. Uh, but we've kind of messaged each other back and forth over the last month. Like, Hey, you want to record? And then one or the other of us just hasn't been feeling yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's pretty normal for, you know, all humans right now. But, uh, as per usual, I'm Tommy Skinner and I am here with my partner, Mr. Taylor Reese. And, uh, we've been doing this for, I don't know, four or five years now, something like that. Yeah. We're not the most regular recorders, uh, but we try to be uh, honest and sincere and just our, ourselves and talk about the pinball hobby and what we do within it. And I've been trying to put this uh, quarantine time to the best of use as possible because I don't typically get very much time off. So this is like literally the most time I've off I've had in my entire life, I think, since I've been like 14, so like 20 years. And... uh I've tried to make the best of it. Uh, how you been doing over there, man? I know your situation's different having kids, so. Uh, you know, it's crazy, right? I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really bizarre. I mean, we're we're doing well. I will say that, like, you know, the kids, um, they've been they got out of school March the twelfth, and so today is May first. So it's month and a half, basically. Um. Yeah, I mean we're we're good. You know, everybody's healthy. I think that we're like we're trying to figure out what happens next. You know, um, obviously, like a lot of different states are figuring out when they want to start reopening, and that that's obviously going to happen. Um, how that happens is, um, you know, is how it happens and when it happens. I think is kind of I don't know. It's it's I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. Like I'm super frustrated. I, I'm super frustrated. I'm I'm like angry. Like I have anxiety with shit. I haven't slept in two nights. Um, I like I decided to. So 
I'm I'm doing well. I don't know. I don't know where to. I don't know where <laughs> don't to know, start. Man. Like, if, I if feel you like, haven't slept in two nights because of anxiety, that's uh, not like my definition of well. But, no, um, but that's. I feel like that's. No, I mean, I feel like that's normal. I mean, I feel like. The, I mean, if you're ever going to have anxiety, I mean, and what's messed up is like my family situation. Like, we're in a really good place. Like, we are not. We are not. I think what's really tough with this situation is so many people are dealing with it in in different ways, not only in how they're reacting to their circumstance, but also just whatever situation they're in. Um, people have lost their jobs. You know, my wife has been working consistently, like she hasn't lost her job. So, and I, you know, I was already a stay at home dad. So we, that trans, yeah. So that kind you of actually had more to do because the kids are home with you more. I mean, realistically. Yeah. I mean, I do. And then there's also that balance of like, you know, the school stuff is, is kind of happening. That was kind of a, a bit of a debacle. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I basically think like, like you said, I don't think anybody really knows for sure what's going on because yeah. this is so unprecedented. Yeah. Um, and however you are reacting to it, it that's okay for you. Yeah. I think that's important for yeah, everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, to tie it all into pinball, as that's what brings us together, uh, amongst other things over the years, we've obviously become pretty damn good friends. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> some, like, not really insider stuff or anything, I guess, because I'm guessing this will go public very quickly. But just today, uh, <clears throat> in the IFPA state rep Google group, uh, one of the states did ask, you know, if they can re-san- start re-sanctioning IFPA events because their state is opening and they want to get everyone back together as soon as possible. Yeah. And basically, uh, Josh, uh, was responsible enough to say like, all right, you know, I hear your concerns and what your beliefs are. Let's send out, uh, essentially a, a survey to all of the States as well as all of the countries internationally and see what's going on and see what people think. And so far, uh, there's been 20 responses Yeah, and everybody has said no. Um, so it does not look like that will be happening anytime soon. Um, I know for me personally, it is, uh, obviously it's Friday, May 1st, and this is the month that I was supposed to host the pinball marathon. Um, today our governor actually in like 15 minutes or so, it's about, you know, quarter after one, he'd think he's supposed to go on at one 30 and discuss what our state of Indiana is doing. And uh, I have a friend who works in the state government who kind of sent me a memo that they've gotten internally. But basically, the stay-at-home order is supposed to expire tonight. They do not believe it will be extended again. Wow. But they're opening up in phases. Yeah. Um, like tomorrow, basically all of the malls in major cities will be allowed to open. Um, but like whereas I still work in a bar and restaurant, we will not be allowed to open. Uh, we can still only do carryout orders which my bar just started doing this week. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually been going really well. It's, it's different. It's interesting, but I've been able to work a few shifts at least. So that's been nice because I think, you know, you know me and if you listen to the show, you know, I, I typically work like 60 to 80 hours a week most of the year. And it's just been a huge change for me to go from like doing that to not doing that. So what did your restaurant do? Did you got, when did you shut down and, um, <clears throat> let's see school, Friday the 13th was the last day I had school mm-hmm. uh, of March. We knew we were closing for one week at that point, the following week, and the week after that was going to be our spring break. So we knew we had two weeks off, and very quickly that became the whole year. 
Um, I still worked at the bar that Friday night, the 13th. I worked on the 14th that Saturday. Sundays, I don't work. Um, now, you went to Pinmasters. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I think, a weekend or two before that. Oh, was it was? There. Okay. Yeah, that was just before that. Um, and I think, I want to say, by like Wednesday of that following week, so probably looking at like March 17th, 17th somewhere right around there. Or actually, it might have been the 16th. I think it was right before St. Patrick's Day. Uh, basically, all the restaurants and bars in Indiana were closing down. So, uh, shout out to to my bar, uh, specifically our owners. <clears throat> they basically took what we could uh, freeze and what we had room for in the deep freezer, and they froze it. And everything else, they were like employees come in and take all this food. You know, who knows what's going on? Uh, and they basically shared what they had with us. So I took home like a couple dozen eggs and some corned beef and a few other things. Um, but I tried not to take much because the reality is, like, I work with a few people who are single parents, and I know they had kids, and I was just like, "Yeah, we're yeah. just going to take a couple things." Um, so that all happened then, and uh, we did carry out for like two days, and basically, we have a really complex menu for a dive bar, uh, a lot of big sandwiches and things like that. It just wasn't going to be profitable to stay open, so that was when we completely shut down. Uh, and then with reopening just this week, we've completely modified to literally like a fast food style menu. We've only got a few things. They're way cheaper than what our usual menu price is. Um, and it's all things we can cook and get out the door within 10 minutes of people calling in. And so, so and so you do it where people call in and then they show up, do they show up at a designated time or it's just like, no, they just call in and we tell them, you know, like if we're real busy the other day, I told people like, Hey, it'll be 15 minutes. If we're, yeah. you know, you're, you're only one of a handful of orders in, Hey, it'll be ready within 10 uh, we do also have so our we have two like huge bay windows up front of our bar and that are separated by like roughly twenty feet whatever it is, um, and we've got they open up in three sections on each side we have one section open so we can do walk up orders in the window, basically we take your order we pass it to the kitchen and you have to wait outside and walk over to the other window when we. Oh man, Tommy, you froze up. Can you hear me? Hold on. Tommy froze. I had this conversation with oh. people before. Tommy, you froze for a second on my end. Sorry about that. Am I still good? Uh, yeah, you came back in fine. Like your video cool. just froze up. Weird. And I am not, and I am not on Wi Fi. I am on Wi Fi, but I'm like right by my router because I cleaned up my project room. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I, I mean, people always, you know, it, it's weird because I'm conflicted because I, I have a college degree, I have a professional job. Um, a quote-unquote professional job that I needed higher education for. Um, and I do work in a bar because that money funds my pinball hobby and vacations and whatever else I like to do, my fun stuff. But the reality is, man, like I love working in the bar restaurant industry. I, I've done it since I was 14. Uh, I've met great people. It's good money for what the work is. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's honestly just enjoyable. I work in a place that plays nothing but sports, the game show network or movies. We don't do any music. It's not like I'm not having to know the pop hits. Uh, I love working not in a chain place because I I can not be rude to customers, but I can, you know, yeah. I can demand that I'm treated with respect. It's yeah. not like a, ch- a chain restaurant where you have to suck up to everybody. Yeah, it's you, interesting. You don't have to wear bling. <laughs> you don't have to wear your Friday no, bling. I can literally wear whatever I want. There's no flair. Uh, no flair. <laughs> if a customer like. 
it's it, it sounds really dumb, but like literally, you wouldn't believe how many people order something and they're like, "Oh, I don't like this," and I'm like, "That's cool. Like, would you like to order something else? You know, you're gonna have to pay for it." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "It's not my fault. You don't like it. Like, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. You just don't like it." Whereas like a chain restaurant, people will be like, "Oh, let me get you something else." Yeah. And like. That's just not how the real world works, guys. Like, I'm sorry that you ordered something. I was like, oh, I didn't read the description that there's mustard on this and there's mustard. Yeah, well, not my fault you're illiterate. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I can say shit like that to people there. And yeah, I hear you. Maybe that sounds like I'm an asshole, but like, I really enjoy that. I like being able to be like, it's not my fault that you didn't read. It's just not. Hold on. Somebody's, so, in, my, hold, somebody's in my backyard. Hold, give me one sec. <laughs> uh oh. Taylor's getting them. I hope it's like someone that's supposed to be there. Uh, anyway, we've I'm returned back. to that. I'm still here. So that, anyway, that's open. Uh, I am working today from four to nine, only a five hour shift because we're only open till nine now. So that's way less hours than I typically work. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to going in later today. That's good. I mean, it's yeah, good man. that it's good that you guys are reopening in some fashion. Um. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like we're still like in the middle of it. Oh and, yeah, I and think it's. I I don't. I don't know. I I don't. The reopening thing is, I think, is really difficult. I I certainly understand the fact that people want to get back to doing what they were doing, but the reality is, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, we just, you know, flattened the curve, but we flattened the curve at like a really high point. So we need to really see like a decrease. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Like my sister, my sister works in a, um, in a doctor's office. She's a single mom and she's been, she's been telecommuting since, you know, she's been in lockdown for, I don't know how long, six weeks or something like that has been telecommuting perfectly fine, you know, been able to do everything that she's been asked to do. And they've, they now are telling her that she has to come back to work. And she's has a she has a daughter. She's a single mom with a daughter, and schools are closed. Yeah. So her work is basically like, well, you need to put your daughter in daycare. And she's like, how is that safe? Like, I don't know. Most daycares aren't open right now either. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of daycares are not open, but they do. Like, there are. They her work told her to hire a college student to take care of her kid, and she's like. I'm, I'm able to, like, I can do my work at home. I've been doing my work at home. Like, there's been, there's been no issues with it. Yeah. And now you're telling me that I have to, like, put my child in an environment with somebody. My child now has to be taken care of by somebody who I have no idea what that person is doing. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, I, that's what is, I mean, this is, this disease is not friendly. You know, it is not like, hey, you're sick. Like, you know, you bump into somebody and the next day you're sick. This is two weeks before you show a symptom and you may never show a symptom. Yeah. So the chain, the chain reaction from this disease can be that I get in, say I get infected and then 14 or say I'm asymptomatic, but for 14 days I can, I can spread it. So I see somebody 13 days from now, that person gets it from me, then they don't show a symptom for 14 days. 
So all of a sudden, you now have 27 days, like you have this big chunk of time where all these people could have been infected. Like, that's really, really bad. Yeah, that's that one of those things. It, the part that, and again, I, the same thing, I've got, I don't know and I've got mixed emotions on, but because of exactly what we've said, it just tells me like we're never going to be able to fully control it. So it's just, I just don't know. I don't have a good solution. Well, I think that I think we need testing. I mean, I think it's like you have you seen how they do that testing? Well, it's like I don't want to be tested. It's <laughs> I've seen how they do it, but I, I think that knowing just knowing where it is, like if you know all the if you know every if you know everybody that has it, right? Or you know like the pocket of where they have it. Like in our state, they're gonna start actually releasing test numbers by zip code because now mm-hmm. they just do it by county or where city. If you know where it is and you can do tracing of people, then you would at least you would know where the you would know where the disease is. Right now we don't know where it is. Right now we have no idea. Like they're saying that maybe ten times the amount of people who have tested positive have it or have had it. There's just no way to know. I mean that's I mean that's a problem. It's like you have no way of knowing if you know to get back to any sort of normalcy. You have to know who has it. And the only way to know who has it is to test. Yeah. I mean, and so maybe this is an odd comparison, but like, I just think about it like an STD. Yes. Like yeah. realistically, like I didn't know who had STDs at some points in my life. And I was very fortunate that I never got one. Um, but I did take precautions like using, this is a weird for a pinball podcast, but I use protection and I was tested regularly when I was very sexually active at one point in my life. Like, yeah, because I didn't want those things. You got but tested. I think we also grew up in an era where, like, I remember as a child being terrified of HIV. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, absolutely. I remember watching, like, as I look back at it now, I'd be like, "Oh, that's that's pretty much propaganda." Like, I remember watching like videos in elementary school that they showed us in school. Yeah, and I was like scared to death of yeah. having sex for a long period of time. Terrifying. Like yeah, the, the idea like, oh, you have sex, you will die. You will die, like straight up. <laughs> I, dude, I I hear you, man. Like so it was the same. That's kind of how I view it. But then at some point, I you know, in my life, I matured. I educated myself enough to be like, okay, this is something I want to do. But there are safe ways of going about it. Yeah. Um, so when I look at it like that, I'm like, yeah, uh, it, it, you know. But we just basically found a way. So, like, if wearing protection, aka a, a condom, or if wearing now protection for this means a a face mask or something like that, yes, it, it completely makes sense to do it. Right. I get it. Yeah, and it took a it took a but but going back to the HIV comparison, it took a really long time. I mean, I'm I'm 48, right? So God, you're that old, man. I, I'm I'm that old, but I can't believe you're even alive right now. But look, how how old are you? I'll be 35 in two months. You'll be 35. So you're 13 yeah. years younger than I am. When I was, when I was in high school, I, or no, um, when I was in junior high, I remember like sex ed in the eighth grade and mm-hmm. they talked about HIV and AIDS. That at that time was terrifying Yeah, for it to st- still be something that they were going into schools and teaching to kids and, and like you said, using propaganda to like really press like how important that it was. That's a really strong message. I yeah. mean, pinball machines, AIDS is real. Like that was put on. Oh, for D- sure. That's, that was, that's part of what made me think about it. Like it's on right. my shadow DMD. And I, yeah. I, I, I laugh every time I see it. 
not because it's funny, but because it's like such a, a historical marker of a time period in history. Yeah. That like it was so important and so such a concern for society that they were literally putting it on arcade machines that teenagers would be playing. And that and I think that that is I think that that's what's so tough about this situation is that the messages are so mixed. Yeah. That that I find really I find really frustrating. I find really hard to deal with and I find it very um it's really frustrating when you expect to have experts be able to just explain shit to you and say, this is the way that this is going to work. Like even with like the kids education, it's like, there's been really no clear message. I mean, our County came out and said, Hey, this is the plan. Da, 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 da. But I just feel like, I don't know. It's like, it's that moment where you want somebody to come out and say, Hey, look, I mean, I mean, Tommy and I have talked about our feelings about leadership in this country so, you know, and I want to say that it's a bipartisan thing, but it's not. I just, I, I am just shocked that our leaders have not been stronger in sending out a consistent message. Like, it's nuts to me that, like, the President of the United States tells everybody that the CDC is recommending everybody wear masks, but you don't really have to. It's, it's an option. Or, and then the Vice President is going into the Mayo Clinic, like visiting in a hospital, a hospital. You can't get any hotter than a hospital when it comes to COVID-19. Yeah. He's in there without a mask on. For like, I mean, to be fair, he's protected by Jesus. I don't uh, know if you're aware of Mike Pence. Uh, as a former governor of Indiana, I've had a lot of experience with the guy. Uh, Jesus protects him at all times. So he's good to go like anywhere to do anything. Don't I, worry about it. I just want, well, I, I'm not worried about him. I send him thoughts and prayers, but I, that, that just, that really frustrates me. I mean, that's yeah. like when I'm, when I'm like locked up, when I'm like taking it seriously. And like, like I said, like I, we, we've been home, like we have been home. I went, I've gone out like the other day I had to get, I had to go to Home Depot. I had to get, cause we had this crazy hailstorm that came through. So I had to like get something to fix something on my roof. So I went to the store and I had to go to the gas station cause I had to get gas cause I didn't have any gas. And then, um, I went and we actually did like a pickup order from a local restaurant. I went and picked that up today. Like those are the only times other than like walking around my neighborhood that I've been out. Mm-hmm. Because I think the shit's serious. I'm an ex-smoker. I'm an ex-smoker. I'm almost 50 years old. Like, I am... Yeah, you're, you're closer to the higher risk yeah. demographics. Yeah, absolutely. Sense. Like, I'm like, man. I mean, we haven't seen my, my in-laws who live like five minutes away moved here to be around us. We haven't, we haven't been around them. I think at one point, like, I think like after four weeks into it, my wife had gone over with the girls just to say hi to like to stand in the driveway and say hello. And her mom got upset. So they, they ended up hugging and they had been quarantined. Like, that's the thing that's so tough. It's like, if we're taking it serious, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I get so frustrated. I get, yeah. I get really frustrated. And well, so that's just been, it's been interesting, man. Like you said on the, <clears throat> You know, when it comes to, like, the teaching part, too, in the education, just, like, within, you know, my profession, it's conflicted because some teachers are still, like, they're pushing out work and assignments, like, as if everything was a regular school day. Yeah. Um, and Alyssa sees this, too. She she works as a, a counselor at a middle school. And uh, 
I mean, I still have my work for my kids, but like I've pretty much emailed every day being like, if you need anything, like I'm not talking about work, like if you just need to talk or you need someone to yeah. check out, like let me know, you know, and there's teachers that are doing that too. Uh, you know, it's just trying to take care of everyone as best as you can. Yeah. But again, I, I just don't, I just don't know. Cause I don't think anyone does. I, I, I don't think anybody does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, I, I don't know. Like but, I said, it's, we're learning and adapting, you know, and every day there's new information. I do have faith in doctors and scientists who yeah. are behind the scenes who do know what they're talking about and what they're doing and working on this. Yeah, so th- that's that's where I have faith in humanity. I, Although the last time we recorded, I think I did wish upon like death on half of humanity. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I did hear that was poor I, timing. I heard from people. <laughs> I actually, I, people actually, I did have people go, dude, what's up with Tommy? I'm like, uh, I don't think he's like being serious. Oh, I'm being serious. Yeah. I still agreed, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see like the way that the earth is recovering, you know, it's like all these oh, yeah. pictures of like, um, like the Venice canals and like, see all that stuff. Yeah. We're yeah. the problem. <laughs> Humans are the virus. Yep. But, but I also want to say, you know, as far as recording, like it's, I think it's, it's just been tough because it's been because of that frustration. Like, I don't really want to, um, like I have a hard time like focusing on stuff. So I just try to stay really busy doing physical stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I, I mowed my lawn, I mowed my lawn. I think I, I shared a picture of this with you. Um, yeah. What, uh, how big is your lawn or did you mow each part like 10 times? My lawn, my yard is like, the area I, I, the area I mowed is probably like a quarter acre, but I ended up walking almost 12 miles because I was mulching the like leaves and stuff. So I would just like do it over and over, but it's all on a slope. Gotcha. So I did, I did 12 miles the other day. I have my brother, um, he's actually, he's in New York, so they've been locked down as fuck. Yeah. And he has his personal trainer, like he would go to a gym, you know, the gyms, the gyms are closed. So my brother like hooked me up with his personal trainer. So we did like some zoom stuff. So I've been working with a personal trainer to get in shape. Um, like mm. that stuff. i still have like rail orders coming in, which has been like so nice. Cause I can go into my shop and put my headphones on and, you know, it's, it's not crazy. I mean, it's not crazy busy. Like it, it, this entire year has been really busy with rails, which has been really nice, but, um, but it's very manageable. Like I'm able to get out rails really quick and, you know, I still have orders coming in like every week. Um, oh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta shout out like not just you, but Marco pinball life, oh, yeah. Comet Titan, yeah, all of the people who supply us with parts for these pinball machines because of all this quarantine time uh, and we'll discuss it, you know, throughout the episode, but I've been working on a lot of stuff and everyone has been able to get orders out in a timely fashion. I had some issues with an order from Marco. They took care of it right away. Like huge. Thank you for those people. You know, I hope everyone's staying as safe as possible in those work environments, but really appreciate them during this whole quarantine time. Um, I know. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. It's hard to um yeah, another thing that I found is like I've done some Animal Crossing. I don't know. Do you ever get it? Do you you never got into that, right? No, I can't do Animal Crossing. So I did. So I joined so my daughter has a Switch and actually one of them wanted one of them wanted Animal Crossing. We got it and then I ended up playing it. 
because like I got in with like Jessica DiNardo, um, Robert from Double Danger and Don. Um, and so like they were like giving me pinball machines and hooking me up with stuff. So I have all the pinball machines. But my problem is like I have a really hard time doing anything. I don't like feeling like I have a, something scheduled, which I know sounds really weird. And I, I shared this with um, Lee from Pinball Supernova who reached out the other day. But I was just like, man, I'm having like, I have a really, I have a really hard time if I feel like I have to put something on my schedule. Like, so I think that's, that's one of the things. That's so, the, so weird to me because I like have to live my life by a schedule because I'm so busy. No, I, I, no, I mean, I normally, I normally do. I just, I oh, feel gotcha. like it's like, I feel like I just want to do my, I, I feel like I need to just be constantly coping with how I feel. So like, I, you know, I'm doing stuff with my kids. Um, I'm doing stuff with my kids and that's like pretty much the most important thing. But I also feel like it just, I don't know. It's weird. Like I don't want, I don't want shit on my plate. Like I don't mind like getting a rail order. Like that feels good to go in the shop. That's like not something like once I'm working on it, I can forget other shit. But if I'm like, Oh, like I, I did a, um, I did a, like a Twitch battle, which has been really cool. Like, uh, 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 Jack from, um, uh, dead flip has done a bunch of them where he's had like a bunch of people come together and do like a pinball battle. Yeah. Yeah. That's been really cool. But I did that with John Cosson at some point on wizard of Oz. And like, I, you know, so I set up this, the, my streaming stuff. I thought it looked like shit. Like the video just all looks like shit. Cause I really don't understand what the hell I'm doing. And then we did that. We did that one night, but it was very much like off the seat of the pants. Like it was like, Hey, you want to try this out? I was like, sure. So, uh, it was John and Martin, um, from whatever podcast he does now on the podcast network. I'm not sure, but, um, so we did, we did a stream, like we did that. And then John reached out, a, you know, I think John reached out like another time, asked me if I wanted to do it. I don't even know that I responded. Cause I was like, I can't even, I can't even like, I don't even want to think about having to commit to anything. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's no, just, it's just right. a weird, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I just want to like be able to go, I'm going to go outside right now and sit and drink a beer. And I know it's 1 PM or, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm feeling a little antsy. <laughs> I feel a little antsy. But, you know what? That, I man. really want a pinball machine. I think that that's one of the things like I really want. You want Jurassic Park premium. I really want, real. I really want a Jurassic Park. Like yeah, I'm I really you. like I was really close to pulling the trigger before this shit all happened, and they're basically impossible to find now because the you know stern is closed. Um, but yeah, like I, I you know I obviously had, I've I've wanted one. I've talked about it a bunch, but I'm also like I got to put money in the bank. I got to put you know it's like I got to make a bunch of rails to buy anything like that. And then like between like wanting to save for a pinball machine, like all this other shit comes up that I spend my money on. So I um and then I was talking to a distributor and I have been talking to a distributor and I was like um I was yeah I was ready to pull the trigger and I reached out like a couple weeks ago. I was like oh yeah do you have any pros? And it was like yeah we have some. And then I reached out recently. I was like, all right, do you have any pros still? No. So I'm bummed about that. I would like to, um, yeah, I really like to sit down and play that game. Yeah. I I just like to visit mine. I've only been into uh, my location once since all this started. 
Um, it was just to pick up Stranger Things because I moved that on and I had to go pick it up. But otherwise, yeah, I haven't been down there at all. So I get that. Uh, I love what I have here at home. I'm very fortunate to have pinball machines at home. Oh, yeah. And I've uh, I've spread the wealth a bit. I've got a couple games out on loan to friends. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's nice. But just some guys, you know, from League who missed playing. And I was like, hey, man, my, I, I've gotten out of hand openly will admit it but like <laughs> i just need more space because i can't help but like i want these games yeah and, uh yeah anyway i well, put how, a few out on loan it helped how did you handle how did you handle loaning out machines because i do know a lot of a good number of operators did a, have been doing rentals yeah uh people are doing rentals and look nothing wrong with that i understand like for a lot of people this is a business for me this is still a hobby um, even on the operating side of things, like my operation is not profitable. It's a way for me to have more space for machines. They're out of business that I trust, and that's all it is for me. Uh, so it's just a few of the people that I know from League. I literally know where they live. When we're not on quarantine, I see these people five times a week, you know, at least. Uh, and I just drove them over there, put them in their house, and set it up, made sure it played, and then left. That was it. Now, did you do a mask or was it masked? Was it mask time at that point? It was not mask time okay. at this point. This was like <laughs> real early. No, it's always been, it. it's always been mask time. We've always should have been wearing masks. Yeah, we should have been uh, for sure. But no, we did not. Um, uh, the reality was like, uh, I mean, okay, there's no way like it's like trying to defend that I had sex with a stranger without a condom. Uh, but those are strangers. These are people that like I was already interacting with the week that everything locked down. Like yeah. I saw these people like, Hey, the night before hey, everything's locked down. Yeah. So like, we all know each other. We're all in the same social circle. The reality is like, if one of us got it, we were all going to have it. Now, <laughs> like, now, do you know, do you know anybody who's gotten it? Nope. I do not. Okay. Now I do know that somebody, I think that was out at the, uh, pin masters in Colorado subsequently tested positive for it. Yeah, they emailed us that, you know, uh, a person who was at a tournament you were at has since reported testing positive for COVID-19. We're yeah. letting you know, which I think was cool the IFPA to let us know that. Yeah. I don't think that was in any way their responsibility. Um cuz I think we as individuals at that point we knew it existed. Um and just, you know, I, again, it was cool that they let us know. Uh I think they had to. Yeah, they had to let you know. I mean, I think that's, I mean, pinball is, pinball is the perfect environment for this to spread, right? I mean, I think everywhere is. Like, you yeah. realize I spend most of my life, and it's weird being a sober person, but I spend a lot of my life just in bars because I, I work there. Yeah. I have pinball machines there. Like, I go to the bowling alley. It's America. Like, we socialize. That's how socialization takes place for the most part. And well, even when it's not there, it's at someone's house having a cookout. Like, but I'm just saying, I like think, pinball is like you have like you're you're you are packed in, you know, you're touching you're touching the same surface. You have stainless steel, which is like a great place for COVID nineteen to live for like a long period of time. Uh, hygiene of pinball players has always been questionable. If you've ever attended, yeah, a, sure. if you've ever attended a pinball <laughs> tournament, you are well aware of the hygiene of yeah, that, pinball that players. Part cannot be denied. I mean, how quickly? How quickly did Double Dangers um, hand sanitizer that they sent people or gave people? I think I think it was in the goodie bag at Replay Effects. 
I mean, how quickly was that used up by everybody? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's tough, man. I, I think, I think pinball, you know, obviously Texas pinball was canceled. I canceled. My daughter was going to hold a charity tournament at the Richmond pinball collective that I, we canceled that. We canceled that the week of, and it was very much, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, that's, it's, everything's been canceled. Like, I was supposed to have a pin masters, like a, a regional pin masters tournament last weekend at our location. Yeah, uh, and pinball marathon is supposed to take place at the end of this month. Uh, that's been delayed. Now is pin We've pushed it back till August first. Has Pinburg so, been canceled? Not yet, but it will um, be. I suspect it will be. Yeah. Um, I it's such a big event and there's so much money involved. I imagine that's why they're not telling us right away because just with like my pinball marathon, um, you know, with the registration fee and everything that came into that, like I have roughly, I think it's around like $3,000 sitting in an account from all the player registration fees. So canceling that we've got to like deal with giving out the refunds and, I've issued several for people who can't come to the new date or whatever. Yeah. And it's worked fine for everybody except for one person. Like we had an issue. It's they were, we communicated back and forth, but it, it wasn't going through back to them for whatever reason. So I just paid them out of my pocket instead of that account. Cause for whatever reason it wasn't working. Yeah. But I think all electronic things like that right now, um, are being a pain. Like I've been paying my student loans for 12 years and suddenly I got an email that this past month it didn't go through and my bank account number was wrong. And I'm like, I've literally been paying from the same website and the same bank account forever. What? And I don't know if my bank started like blocking student loans cause they're supposed to be on hold or whatever. Oh. But I got like a letter in the mail. I have to go down to the bank to like have them send a letter back to the student loan company saying that my account number is right. That's so, so like, yeah. Oh, it's super inconvenient because I don't want to go out to the bank, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, Everything. So I think everything. Everything is operating with minimal staff as possible, and there's just some problems. But that's I don't know. I'm imagining Pinburg is canceled. I will say if it is not canceled, I'm still going. Shut like, up. Oh, I want to go. I know, I'm but going. there's well, one. There's no way it's not canceled. <laughs> there's no way because you have a you have a so just for Pinburg you have a thousand players. Oh, I know. Like I guess what I'm getting it's it's most likely canceled. There's no. But if it's not, I will go. Okay. <laughs> I I was supposed to be on a cruise, so I did not sign up. So I will not be there, nor will I be on my cruise, because yeah, the yeah. cruise, the cruise was canceled. My in-laws did like early on. So this is this is actually pretty fascinating. So my my in-laws went on a cruise in December to Puerto Rico, while my um, mother-in-law was on the boat. Maybe both of them got sick and their symptoms were similar to COVID-19 and they came home and my, my mother-in-law was like, we are going to, they actually isolated themselves and stayed home and they recovered, but it's, they could have been, they could have had it. But our, yeah. our, our cruise is canceled, so we are um, – I could go to Pinburg if Pinburg wasn't happening in the middle of a pandemic. 
<laughs> but I'm not going because it's happening in the middle of a pandemic. Speaking of pandemics, Tommy. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, you've had some free time because, of, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and what have you been up to? Uh, I have decided that I would learn how to work on pinball machines. Hey, look at you. Yeah. Um, so to start with, my Frontier that I started working on last summer. Yeah. I, I finished that. Which looked um, amazing. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I didn't have a lot of time on Frontier before this. I'd played literally maybe a handful of games on it. Yeah. Um, it's moved way up my list of valleys. Like, it is awesome like where like, on where on your list like fathom frontier fathom number one frontier number two yes wow it's it's so both of those games they do have something in common which i think i just really enjoy so it appeals to me um they have a double bonus system where okay. there's two different types of bonus you can build up and two different bonuses you can multiply apparently that really Ooh, excuse me. Really appeals to me, I guess. Um, and I think it does a great job of making you shoot all over the playfield. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, but yeah, that, I like that way more than I thought I would. Uh, I mean, I knew I was gonna probably like it because I was taking the time to put that much effort into it. But yeah, it's just it's better than I had even thought. Um, so that had a hard top. I was almost done with it in November. Yeah. If you remember, like right before wrestling season was starting, uh, before our first tournament. And then I had an issue with my pot bumpers where two of them would fire together. Tried all sorts of things, couldn't figure it out. And finally, when – so we had people over for Thanksgiving. At that point, I it, the game was literally in my kitchen where I'd been working on it. So I had to fold it up and put it to the side so we had room for people. And then I didn't set it up again until quarantine started. <laughs> and I – uh what I ended up finding out was really weird, but basically at some point, because I didn't do this when I put on the hard top, I didn't disassemble any of the, the switch wiring, but somebody had swapped part of the switch wires between the center and the right pop bumper. So when either one was hit, it was firing both of them because there was like a matrix issue. So I had to swap like half of the wires between each of them. I don't remember which colors they were off the top of my head, but that resolved my issue. So that was awesome. Super stoked about that. Um, then on an even like cooler note, which was uh, I had my friend Michael in town here uh, before this had all started. He had already agreed to help his younger sister who's she's like recently out of college, quite a bit younger than us, but she has been working for Amazon in Detroit and she was being repositioned out to Colorado. And he had already agreed to drive the moving truck out there for her so she could take her vehicle. Mm -hmm. And uh, that all sounded fine. And then suddenly quarantine started. And that's a long drive. It's roughly like 15 to 17 hours from here to there. <clears throat> and then coming back. And his wife didn't want him flying back. So I agreed to go out with him and split the drive. That way we could not have to stop at hotels and stuff as much. Okay. And just make it quick. So anyway, we did that. Wait, when was um, this? Like a week into quarantine or so. Wait, you like, wait. <laughs> wait a second. Oh yeah, I did a cross country road trip back and forth. Where, I think we did like thirty two hours of driving in roughly like forty hours or something like Holy that. Holy shit! I, I yeah. How did I not know that? Because I didn't like we didn't advertise that we were like going and traveling because we were trying to like 
not be we, the, the yeah. dumbasses spreading yeah, the COVID. Yeah, we pretty much just stopped at gas stations and got Good. gas and kept driving. Jesus Christ. Uh, we got everything unloaded from the truck <laughs> into our apartment within like an hour and literally turned around. So we spent, we spent one night in a hotel, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but while driving back from there, um, someone posted on Facebook that the, in one of the pinball groups, anyway, they had just bought a Dolly Parton pinball machine. Yes. But it had the Frontier back glass. Did you see that? No. Okay. So he like went to some guy's house. It was a co-worker of his or whatever. Bought he, this pinball machine. He didn't know much about pinball, but he knew the back glass wasn't right because he looked it up online. So anyway, he posted about it and asked if anybody wanted it because he was going to order a Dolly Parton one. I luckily saw it like because Michael was driving at the time, and I messaged the guy. And it ended up being he was literally like on our route home, but he was about four hours ahead like from where we were at at that time. Um, and he was like, don't worry, I stay up late. If you can just swing by, you know, meet you in the driveway. And I ended up getting this like amazing condition, original frontier back glass. Damn. Um, I mean, I, and it probably helped that like I told the guy, like, this is what I think it's worth. Cause reproductions just came out. Yeah. It isn't really good shape though. Yeah. Uh, kind of informed him on some stuff. And he told me about like the dolly and I kind of recommended some parts to him and I turned him on to pin side and a few other things. And he's actually ended up buying like two more machines since then. Cause I warned him. I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, like if, even if you've done arcade stuff, like pinball is a different style addiction. And yeah. Yeah. He since we've remained in touch on Facebook, but I ended up getting this original condition frontier back glass, which is awesome because I had a BG resto one, which is really nice. Yeah. BG resto does awesome stuff, but it didn't have the mirroring on it. Yeah. And there's just something about the mirroring. Like anyway, so that worked out. We literally pulled into this dude's driveway at like 2 a.m., I had cash on me, gave him cash, took the glass, and left. You are sketchy, dude. <laughs> you are a sketchy dude. Oh man, you have no idea. Driving yeah. cross country in the middle yep. of a, in the middle of a quarantine, in the middle of a pandemic, and then just like rolling around, picking up back glasses from strangers, making friends. Oh, <laughs> staying. Yeah, in I mean, yeah. So when you stayed in the hotel, was it empty? We, I, I don't think we saw another person other than the person at the desk. Like we checked in, yeah, we got there real late. We checked in, went to the room, got up early the next morning, and left. Good like, lord, yeah, it was pretty. Everything was quiet. The roads was it were pretty empty. So weird. I mean, like, um, it was a little weird. And you Nothing. started where? You did he pick you up? Yeah, we live like ten minutes apart. But so you drove, and his sister wasn't. You said Detroit? She, she left from like Detroit. So I you think. drove to Detroit? No, no. She she left with her car. I think she had already loaded the moving truck and brought it down here. Oh, and then okay. Took her back okay. to her car or something. Yeah, we didn't have to load the vehicle. That was So cool you went part. from you went from Lafayette to Colorado. Lafayette to Denver, unloaded, back in the car and back home. Did you wave at uh Zach from Tilt Hammer on the way? Uh no, we, I didn't hit up anybody. Like we were just there and back just tried to make it as quick as we could yeah, that's crazy um yep ate eight gas station food it was it why was don't an you, interesting thing why, why don't you hop in your why don't you load up that jurassic park pro you have and drive it to me and leave it in my um, garage <laughs> i'm serious look i'll leave some food i'll leave some food in the uh, garage for you i've seen you cook that's pretty tempting actually See? I yeah think- but uh, it was just, you know, my buddy was helping his little sister move, and that's a, I felt that was a really long drive to make on your own, so I was happy to kind of tag now, along. That is a karma story, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'll go do this quarantine run with you, and then in the middle of it, you pick up a back glass. Yeah, I, it's, it's, 
uh, I don't know, man. It's one of those things like you just try to help people when you can. And and M- Michael's just an awesome dude. He's helped me out a ton. Um, my Nautilus pinball machine, which I think we might have mentioned like right before the last time we recorded, but you didn't have it. I didn't have it. It was I think yeah. in transit, uh, and I don't. I think I told you, but I, it got dropped in shipping. Yeah. Um. So when yeah. I picked it up, it was busted. And uh, Michael and I re-glued and clamped the cabinet. I think that was like right before quarantine started. Um, and then he had it at his house, and he just went through and shopped it all out, repaired it, got it working. I've streamed it a couple times since then. It's a really cool game. It has some of the worst uh, sound effects I've ever heard. <laughs> it's a hybrid EM machine with solid-state sounds, and they're mm, bad. Lovely. So I do have a chime unit I will be installing to it at some point yeah but uh we did that so that's that's available to play now and then i went from frontier so i was like all right i've got this skate ball that i've had for a year year and a half or something and i had a play field for it and i was just like screw it i'm gonna do this play field swap and i have a really bad habit of like uh, i think we talked about this you know last summer when I, i actually only worked weekends at the bar i didn't work full time Cause usually in the summer, like I work full time still at the bar. Anyway, if I don't have something I have to do, like where I'm like, Oh, I have to sleep because I have to do this tomorrow. I tend to not sleep much <laughs> and skateball. I ended up working on for like, not sarcastically 25 hours straight one day. Yeah. Like, and, uh, tearing everything down and rebuilding it as I went and swapping it over to the new play field. Um, I do have one light socket that's not working on the new play field that I still haven't figured out, but I also haven't investigated it is anymore. Is it a feature lamp? It is. It's the 4X bonus. And it's not uh, working at all, or it's dim. It's not working at all. Um, we checked the voltages on it. There's something wrong with the voltages, but literally only to that one socket. So it's really confusing. Well, and it, um, It's not like a transistor or anything? It's a brand new light board. I've tried other light boards, and oh. it does the same thing. Um, broken wire it that's what i think because I, I fucked up the harness and yeah. i was swapping yeah so uh, somewhere in there i think but, but but so that was what we thought sorry um but then i ran a completely new wire to it and it still did the same thing so that's where i got really lost and i just am gonna wait until this is all over and have somebody smarter than me come over and check it out and it's not and a so- it's not the socket it's not the socket i moved the wire to other sockets and the behavior followed the wire uh both the original wire and the new one that i ran so I think it might be a connector somewhere. Okay. But I've redone all of the connectors that I can think of at this point. So right now I'm just enjoying it and accepting that my 4X bonus multiplier light doesn't work. Okay. And if it, yeah, it, that's pretty much it. Uh, otherwise, it plays really good. Um, I feel it sounds like I tried to explain this to Alyssa, but like I feel like I leveled up in a video game or something. Like I went from like, okay, I own a pinball machine to where like one day I was like, okay, I can shop out a pinball machine. Yeah. And then I put games on location and that was like another level and I could start fixing them there. And that was another level. Yeah. And then doing the play field swap. It's like, Oh, you've reached fucking like, I'm like a brown belt now. <laughs> I'm not a black belt. Cause like EM still fuck me up. Yeah. And there's like plenty of shit that I, I can't just do off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. But like, I'm getting close. Like I'm approaching like the first level of black belt. Ooh. And then I'll never be like HEP, like high end pins level. Like he's like a third degree triple black belt or something. Chris is um, like the uh, Chris is like the drunken monk. Yeah, like he can do everything. Drunken no monk. Yeah, drunken monk he's style. In. Yeah. 
but uh, it felt really good to do that playfield swap and have it work. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, what? So then, what did you? Um, so your first swap, like, what was your? Yeah, oh, what, the biggest like, lesson. Okay, this go. This is for everyone who plans to ever do one of and these. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are doing these projects right now. There are. There are um, a lot of people. So we all have more time than we ever thought. And like I have had friends be like, I wish I had the amount of projects you've been gathering. Because I've been gathering this shit for like years. Yeah. Literally like just so many games that need work. Cause I'm like, oh well it's it's cheap, you know, and prices keep going up. I might as well buy it now and I'll get to it one day. Oh and finally one day happened. It's called the pandemic. So, it's called the pandemic. Yeah, that's all we need. Tommy went to but. Wuhan, Wuhan, China, <laughs> dropped a little pandemic dust because he's like, I need a couple months for pinball, pinball repair. And uh, so anyway, I had put all the new sockets. I, got, I did brand new sockets. I put them all on the new play field. Right. I had, I think I started by taking off the major max, like flippers and drop target max. And I took those off the harness as I went mm-hmm. and rebuilt them as I went. And then it got to the point where all I had left was the harness on there. Yep. And I wanted to wash it because it is a dirty old skate ball. Yep. So I, I'm reading through, like I'm using pin side and different restore threads. Like there's a lot of very credible people who do these things out did, there. Did not, he did not reach out to me. I did not reach out to Taylor. No, I've, I've only uh, done a couple of swaps. And to be fair, I wasn't reaching out to anyone. I was just reading stuff that was already there. Okay. okay. And this is the night where I'd been working for like <laughs> hours upon hours upon hours. And I read something that says, after you've removed the harness, and this is like where you shouldn't skim things when you're doing one of these. You uh, I cannot wait, the cannot wait to hear this. So like in hindsight, <laughs> what this author, and I, I don't remember exactly who it was, but you know, somebody on Pinside who's done a few of these. Taylor V. Yeah, might have been some guy like that. Uh-huh. It says remove like a few of the zip ties or some of the zip ties on the harness uh-huh. so that the wires are a bit looser and it's easier for them to be cleaned in between, like to really get that dirt, you know, that coil dust that's packed in there out. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, but what I read was like remove the zip ties on the harness while you watch WrestleMania 18 on the <laughs> WWE Network at 5 a.m. Uh-huh. So I took my little like wire cutters and I'm just zip zip zip, zip yep, boom yep. zip ties are gone. And uh, then I like look down and I'm like, holy shit, this thing looks like a rat's nest. Oh my god, I saw and the was, picture of this. Yeah, it is this is I? You know what? Send it me, was bad. Send me the picture. I'll use the picture for the cover of this episode. I will. It was. It it's was such so a bad. shit show. Oh my god. And the worst part was like, <laughs> I had done something really smart in the process of removing it. Where yeah. it's like, I took all of the switch stacks. Okay. And I had just left them where they were with the screws in place, and I had wrapped tape around like the switch stack and the screw, right? Okay. And then in my head, I was like, "Wait, I understand. What was that? Why was that a good move?" So that's the good move because, like, then the wire harness is intact, and like the three switches that go to the drop tar- target, right? Uh huh. That's just there; it's still together. So I'll easily be able to line up the harness and be like, "This is the drop target." Boom! There you go. Okay. Okay. Right. So. Then, like, right before I go to wash it, yeah, in my brain, without reading anything anywhere, this is in my brain, I'm like, wait, these switch stacks look like they're almost made out of a wood material. Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like if I get them wet, they're going to swell, and they won't fit back on there. So then you took them off. So then I just, and not even, like, 
not even remotely intelligently did I take them <laughs> off. Like, not like I've already got tape on here. Why don't I write what these switches are? I just took the wire cutters and was like, snip, 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 oh, snip. Oh, Tommy. So then, like, anything that could have told me how this harness laid out was removed. <laughs> and I washed it. And then, like, the panic set in when I looked at this rat's nest just yeah. hanging there to dry. Yeah. And I was like, how Holy am I ever going to do this? You posted and a picture somewhere. It's Yeah, I ended up posting it in the skateball thread, I think, because I had to go on. And I got really lucky in two ways. One, HEP was actually doing a skateball restore at the time. Yeah, I made rails and for he, him. He just finished it, and he had posted a ton of underside pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So from that, I was able to gather you should s- the relative path that the wire harness should follow. Yeah. That was somewhat helpful. You should send him a tip. Send him so a, I should. I should let him, him know. Um, so the bad thing is HEP redoes so many of the wiring, so much of the wiring by adding in connectors and like cleaning up everything. Yeah. His actual wiring didn't really help me much. But our boy Swinks. JD, all yeah. the way from down under in Australia. Thankfully, JD has a, a project skateball that he has sitting around. And he pulled the play field out for me and took a bunch of pictures. Um, I was really smart in that I labeled on the original play field every single lamp, what color the wire was, went to it. Oh, wow. And I, I cut it back far enough that I could physically see it. <laughs> So, like, I could see both colors if it was a striped light. I made sure of doing that when I removed the original wiring. Yeah. So, redoing the lamps was really easy. Yeah. Redoing the switches was a pain in the ass. It sucked. And I had, not only did I have to, like, realign stuff, I had to untangle the nest. Yeah. So, that added, like, an extra three to four days. Um, Once I I did get it all dry and start doing it. <laughs> I, I literally just that. let it sit there for like three days because I was so pissed at myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, su- I'm it, surprised. Well, the fact that you went back in and like finished with that staring in front of you is pretty, that's pretty good. Cause that is, I think one of the I things- I was with- proud of myself. I won't lie. Yeah. Um, it did also cross my mind to just hit up Sean at Third Coast Pinball, who redoes wire harnesses, and make to be like, one? "Dude, will you please do a skateboard harness?" Oh, Jesus Christ! What does um, somebody charge for that? What is a wire? What is a new wiring harness? A, a games um, a game specific wiring harness cost? So, like specifically, I, that's what I I've moving on to my next project. So, as a hindsight, skateboard is done. It is fixed. It works. Yay, me. Looks amazing. Skateball. Looks it amazing. plays really great. I've been like wanting to stream it, but I've had just stuff all over because I've been working on games. But it's I'm going to try and stream it this week. Um, my next project was I've been gathering parts to build a Stargazer. Yes. I think we've talked about this on the show before. We have. I called it my five-year project because I was giving myself five years to build this game. Right now, we are at roughly... Two years, because two years ago, I picked up the wire harness at Texas Pinball Festival from Sean, and I think it was roughly 400 to 400 and, let's say 400 to $500. Wow, okay. And that includes everything, like the head harness, the play field harness, the cabinet harness, yeah, the ground wire, the ground braid, everything. So um, Now, does he have specific, does he have like a list of games that he can do, or can he do anything? So he's typically done them in runs. Okay. So I don't know if Stargazer was the first for sure or not. Right. But I think it was. 
Um, I know he has since done Quicksilver because I also purchased that and I have the parts to build Quicksilver, but not as many of the parts as I had for Stargazer. So that's why Stargazer went first. Um, I have all the unique mechanisms that I need, but I still need to order the generic stuff like pop bumpers and flippers Yeah, for Quicksilver. <coughs> and uh, just because of the fact that I'm not working at the bar right now, my money is really tight. So although I'm very fortunate to still be doing e-learning and teaching uh, and having my general income, like my fun money is gone. So thankfully, I already had all of these parts for Stargazer, and I've had to purchase very minimal things to work on this project. Yeah. But um, and I know he's also done Fathom. Um, so I've had a friend who's building. Michael actually is building a Fathom from scratch. He even we took out the drop target mechanisms from my machine. Yeah. So he so he can look into having those uh, custom rebuilt. Because I think Fathom I made. Um, I think I made him some rails. Ones. I bet you did. I think I just sent those off recently. Yeah. And another project I took under and signed was I cleaned out my garage. And when I cleaned out my garage, I found I had bought. <coughs> Sorry, I got to take a drink. Tommy's talking don't, while Don't he, eat snacks and podcasts. He wore himself out talking about that wiring harness. I did. Fiasco. Oh, it was so it was such a bad thing. That is a great cover episode cover, though. You're right. So, so, um, so let me just say. <laughs> The so on the wiring harness. Now this is what oh, I th- this is what I do, and this, oh, this is, is what a smart person does. Good. So I will take out the wiring harness. I will I will unsolder. So I will take pictures of the way the wires go onto the coils for the mechs. I will clip out the mechs. I leave the sockets. Now on a on like a classic, you may want to not do that because they're stapled in, but like on a WPC, like um on a WPC you can just you know, you're just taking the connectors off or whatever. Um yeah, unscrew them. You could just leave all those on. You can leave all I leave all the switches on. Like you could have because that bakelite is what you were seeing that looked like wood. Yeah, it's not wood. I realized that right. after afterwards. Thank so you. there's like bakelite spacers because it's uh it's a non um what's the word? It does absorbent. It, it well, it's not it's not non-absorbent, but I think one of the reasons is because it is non when it doesn't um, transmit electricity, it is non-conductive. Ah, I believe that's why it was used, but that makes sense. Yeah. You can leave those on. And then what I do, so I will separate a harness by the specific, um, so like the wire wiring harnesses are generally, you have a one that is your flashers and your coils. That's one part of the harness. Then you have your lights, one part of the harness, and then your switches, which is one part of the harness. I separate the harness so that it's in those major sections and then I take it into our guest bathroom into the bathtub and I spray it down with simple green. Mm, I and did that. And then I have a nylon brush that I will sit there and I will scrub and the Ooh. nylon bristles can get in between all the wires. So I can I sit there. I did not do that. Yeah. So I could basically sit there and I will scrub them and it'll get, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but it gets all that dirt out. Then... I take it, I rinse it out really well. I mean, like, just spray the shit out of it. I will hang it up in my shop so that they're all separate, and I'll blow a fan on it for a couple of days. Then I will go, and I will sit on the couch, and I will snip off the old zip ties, and I will put new zip ties on. Mm. When you lay the harness down, so I think one of the things that's interesting about 
doing playfield swaps, I think one of the things that people find most intimidating about playfield swaps is the wiring harness because you look at it and you go, oh my God, there's like two miles worth of wire under here. When you take it, and I tell this to people all the time, because I do see people, people will label their harnesses and all this stuff. Like I'll see like tape all over the place. If you take a wiring harness, if you clip a wiring harness off of a play field, it is, it has memory. So like Unless you remove the zip ties. Unless you remove the zip ties. So you can almost, you could basically take that wiring harness off remove it. And then even if you separate it into the, th- the main harnesses, you can take that, wash it. And then when you put it back, if you do the zip ties where the old zip ties were, just do like, you know, you clip one off, you replace it. You can lay it back on the play, on the play field. And it basically has a memory. So you know exactly where every wire is going to go. Now, sometimes you might have to, you might have like your in lane and your out lane lamps or your switches. You might have to make sure that those are the correct ones. But even those, they will find their home. Unless you go rat's nest style, you go Tommy style. And in that case, you're on your own. But um, lesson learned and... Lesson was learned. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. So you're you're also working on a... um, You're doing Uh, your Stargazer. The the Stargazer scratch build. Yeah. Yeah, so... I got the play field from uh, John Greatwich out of Canada, as well as the back glass, roughly two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the play field was clear-coded by Mr. Ron Pennington, my my friends over in Missouri. And I don't remember when I gave that to them. It might have been Pinburg two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it up last July, um, a couple weeks before Pinburg of last year. Because I had a game that I had sold him, so I delivered the game and picked up the play field. And I've had the drop target max for a while. And then I bought a 1977 Stern Pinball last fall in October. And I ended up using that as my donor game for the cabinet. And I had the harness from, like I said, Sean at Third Coast Pinball. So I did... Similar to skateball, I did all new sockets, um, except this time instead of running ground braid, I I used the uh, coated wire, and I used the light lamp sockets that have two leads on them, so I could run my common wire uh, to everything that way. So way harder to create shorts than when using the ground braid, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know if I would do it again or not. It did add a lot more work, and I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah. But anyway, it's done. Um, I worked on that kind of similar to skateball. I, I did like two days straight roughly, uh, with actually sleeping in between, but like probably close to like 15 to 20 hour days on it with some naps in between. And I got that all put together. Um, I had brand new flipper mechs for that one. I used brand new modern pop bumper bodies for that because turns out Stern hasn't changed anything. So I have data East style Stern style pop bumpers on there, which is not the same as original, but it is the same essentially. And then the drop target mechs I had bought years ago from some parts guy in Pennsylvania and I rebuilt those. So those are all cleaned up, good to go. And, uh, got the harnesses put on there. I had mine built specifically with Molex connectors for all the mechs. So that worked out really well. And, what I thought I'd be able to do is drop it right into my Dragon Fist cabinet and play it. But it turns out Dragon Fist uh, has different playfield support rails. 
and the playfield does not fit all the way into the cabinet, but I was at least able to hook it up and see that it works. I didn't have any light shorts. The Dragon Fist Attract mode at least works on it, and uh, it functioned. So at that point, I stripped down the pinball cabinet, and I have been restoring that. I have learned that I absolutely just despise working on cabinets, and yeah. that playfield swaps are easier than cabinets. Cabinets um, suck. Yeah, like... <laughs> I I uh so if you follow the HEP this week thread where he's always updating his stuff, he makes cabinets look so easy. And granted, a lot of times he's using brand new ones. And he posted this week specifically for like I want to say a high speed and an F14 or something, like two games he's restoring and the quality of the paint that he uses and like what he's spending versus what I'm spending. I think he said each cabinet was taking roughly $750 in paint. And I'm spending roughly like fifty to a hundred dollars in paint. Um, now, now Chris's background is in auto automotive painting. Automotive yeah. painting, yeah. Like yeah. he's the a, dude has a skill set, and yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. Um, now, looking at that, like his work is absolutely amazing. Um, I cannot and will not ever be able to afford that. So, <laughs> for what I can do, but like, but at I, the same time, you you spent four hundred dollars on a wiring harness. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just pointing that out. Just pointing that the game, out. The game can't function without the wire harness. It can function without the paint. <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate that, but I do yeah. think that you would, if you really wanted to, if you were like, you would spend that if that was what you needed to spend, if you wanted the cabinet of that caliber. It, yeah, if I did, and you know? I, I don't. Um, I fixed all the edges. <laughs> yeah. I used fiberglass resin for the first time. Oh yeah, um, how was that? It worked out really well. It and was you use it use it where? Um, there was a huge chunk on like the front left corner of yeah. the cabinet. Um, so I put in a couple little nails, so the the fiber glass had something to hook onto. Yeah, and I built like a little dam around it, poured it in, sanded. Strongly recommend it. Um, I've used Bondo in the past. I've used JB Quick Weld because this is the fourth cabinet I've done. I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and. What I realized is like every time I find another little imperfection after like priming it and then, you you know, some stuff stands out. So I fill it and sand it like basically what I end up doing because my skill set is like I'm just not real experienced in that. And you having like carpenter traits are probably far better at this. Mm -hmm. But like every time I try to fix one issue, I was creating others, it seemed like. Yeah. And I finally just realized like for me personally, like I'm not creating museum quality pieces. Yeah what I care most about is how well my games play. Like my skateball right now is playing. It's fucking smooth. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's playing really good. Yeah. And that's like, in the reality is the way my games are lined up. I can't see any of my cabinets for the most part. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just not how it goes. The one cabinet that I could maybe see the side of Viking has the couch in front of it. So like <laughs> the most view I have of any cabinet is Viking. And Dude, I see maybe a third of the cabinet. Your lineup at your house is so sick. It is. Like I'm very proud like of this collection. You that are built. that is just such a sick lineup. You're you're not gonna go many places and be able to play the games that I have here. Damn, that's just dude. that's kind of what I wanted. What and that's what I've done. So anyway, I eventually I got the cabinet, like the bottom of it, pretty good, painted it, called it solid. Yeah. The head, I fixed the edges. And then like one of the big things being a nineteen seventy seven cabinet, it had a lot of wood grain, and that's what I really tried to focus on on the body. Yeah. And I got most of it out, but like it's just again, it's not perfect. 
So I didn't even fuck with it on the head. I sanded that shit as smooth as I could get it with sandpaper. Yeah. And I didn't try to fill it in to fix the wood grain. And I painted it and I clear coated it and it looks fucking good and I'm happy. And it now feels you, smooth as shit. Now, when you say wood grain, you mean just the appearance of wood grain or actual like a wood grain texture? There's a little wood grain texture. Okay. There. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Like I've smoothed it out, but like it just goes deep. Like I would have to sand off an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch of wood. Yeah, that's crazy. To get that wood grain completely removed or fill it in. Yeah. And when I was filling it in and then I start sanding, I end up getting like sanding marks in some parts because it's not as smooth as I thought. And it just wasn't worth it to me. And once I clear coat it and I throw on the stencils where it's going to have white artwork covering a bunch of it, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because the, the play field's going to play really well. Yeah. Um, and that, honestly, like doing the switching that approach between the body and the head, it relieved a ton of stress for me. And like I redid my my Flash Gordon cabinet last year, right? And it's really good, but I've put that game on location. And the reality is it's taken some bumps and nicks on location. And I'm like, man, I don't even notice it except for when I go to move the cabinet because we have to move it for a show or something. Yeah. So I'm just I just kind of one of those things where like I've given up not stressing over it. The, well, I just think, repainting the cabinet is gonna make it look so much better than most of whatever these titles are yeah. that I'm putting out there. And they weren't, um, I mean, they weren't like these they weren't made to be like you. They weren't ever made to be in a museum. I mean, like no, you look these at, are supposed to be functional yeah. utility devices yeah. that people enjoy. Like look at WPC or Modern Sterns. It's like look at the decals on that, and you see wood grain, and you see like all kinds of imperfections. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I I have the same mentality. I mean, I might have better woodworking skills, but it's still like for me, it's kind of like when I've done a game, I you know, it's like I want to spend the time so that. As I'm working on it, I'm doing the best job I can, but there is a point where I just want to play it and I'm not doing it professionally, nor am I doing it to sell. I'm doing it to have, have a really great playing game in my lineup. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny cause you do, you know, it's like you do spend that time and you do, you put time into it that you're not going to get back. You put money into it. So you're not going to get it back. Yeah. But the reality, but it's like, what, what are you doing it for? You know, are you doing it for, are you doing it as a profession? You know, are you doing it like high-end pins or are you oh, doing exactly. it? And that's where I'm like, if anybody ever wanted me to be like, oh, can you restore this game for me? No, like it's not worth it. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, my skills are not high enough level to where I would feel comfortable charging anyone for what I do. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants every time I do this. Um, but someone commented on our Instagram. I, I clear coded the cabinet, I don't know, a couple of days ago. And I'm still using Spray Max UK out of a can. Like, I'm not setting up some system. I'm literally doing the shit in my driveway. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I've listened to your show a long time. It's really cool to see all the stuff you've learned and how you're doing it. And, like, that made me feel good. It's like, all right, like, I am learning. And that's one of the things I like. I like learning that I can do these things. Like, I'm, I was so stoked when I finished Skateball. And that's what gave me the balls to kind of jump into Stargazer. Being like, you know what? Like, this wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I can definitely just do this one from scratch. Like I have all the parts. Like I've got everything. It's like a giant puzzle. Yeah. I just got to put it together. Yeah, playfield um, swaps. Playfield swaps. There's a lot of intimidation there, but once you get, once you do one, it's not that complicated. No, there, there are not that many parts on a pinball machine. I mean, there was they're less really complicated than I thought. Yeah. Um, be smart. Like I will admit, I did take pretty much every screw before I screwed it into the playfield. 
and held it to the edge of the play field to make sure it wasn't too long. Oh uh, yeah. Like, I still do. I still do that. If I'm like doing anything I on a pinball machine, I didn't want to go through and I will on, yeah. on skateball. I did putting in one of the wire oh. ball guides. I did chip part of the artwork Yeah, and I was like, all right, you know, lesson learned. I put a tiny bit of super glue on the bottom of the chip. I put it back on the play field and put a little piece of mylar over it. Called it fucking good. Yeah. And yeah, will some people notice it? Sure. It's like up in the back left orbit shot. Most people are not going to notice it and it doesn't affect gameplay. So moved on. Yeah. Oh, and I will say um, permanently, like fuck star rollovers. <laughs> um, I understand why those are not used in games outside of the walking dead anymore. Yeah. Like with clear coat and those things, I thought skateballs were cleaned and sanded and like exacto knife three separate times and the fucking star rollover would still get stuck. Uh. Um, now on stargazer, uh, Ron, when he cleared that, and then I think my buddy Brandon went through and did the sanding and polishing on that for him, his son, my friend, they made sure that that star rollover was clean and it, it, it was perfect. It worked right away. Yeah. But like, Oh my God, was that the most frustrating thing on skateball? So annoying. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, the cabinet stencils should be here early next week. I plan to paint the cabinet. Um, on Sunday, I plan to cut the light board. Huge shout out to our buddy, Joe Zankus. He, uh, used his 3d printer to print me some stern light shields. Oh, those so look I really nice. In, I saw those today. Posted yeah, them on somebody, Instagram. Somebody was nice enough to share their design in one of the pin side threads because they were doing a similar project. Yeah. And Joe printed them and shipped them to me. So thank you for that. Those will make my back glass look great. Um, and uh, anyway, that I'm planning to, I want it to be playable by mid May. I still need to order a new light board so I can, because I did all LEDs. Um, and there's some newer code floating around there for Stargazer that I need to track down. Did you see that there's new code for stars? Uh, I did not see it for stars, but yeah, there's, I did. There's there's new code for Dragon Fist, um, Big Game. A lot of the classic terms have had updates to it. Um, Somebody's doing new code for stars that has a wizard mode in it. Really? I unless I'm unless I was drinking too much. I maybe I, I don't mean, know. I haven't seen the stars one. But I I wouldn't doubt it because they're like some of it is little bug fixes. Like I can't remember if we talked about Dragon Fist or not on the last episode. But Dragon Fist being one of Stern's last games and a really small production run, it had just straight up bugs in the code. Like you could not disable extra balls. There was dip switch settings to do it, but it just didn't do it. Oh, interesting. And that's all been fixed now. Um, there's some other scoring that's labeled on the playfield that did not actually score that way that was fixed um and they've added in some more settings like free play really easy one but um something else that impacts your bonus carryover and your multiplier carryover and just more settings for that that work so that's been really cool and i've been playing the hell out of dragon fist too so that's that's been there but yeah uh for the last like week stargazer's been the big project um, part of it's been patience too. Like I actually, I painted the cabinet and I waited a full week before I clear coated it. Um, and I will have almost a full week in between clear coating. And when I apply the next layer of paint with the white, that's the design. Luckily, Stargazer is a pretty basic cabinet design. So it's just blue and white. Gotta let that paint dry. Yeah. Gotta yeah, let for that sure. Paint. Um, 
But uh, anyway, like it literally, it's one of those things. Like if I can do it, you can fucking do it. Trust me. Like I'm not the brightest guy. I'm not the most useful. Although I fixed a few things around the house during quarantine, like so that's been cool. I swapped out my my toilet bowl wax ring. Had to fix that. Oh, that's awesome. That's had good to, times. Oh. So was it, I think sti- it was, getting stinky? No, it just had like a slight little water leak on the side, which I knew what it was. Just like I bought the stuff and I still waited like a week to do it, just because oh, it's such yeah. an annoying job. It's not like a hard job. It's just annoying. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just literally threw a towel there and was like, uh, it'll soak it up and I'll wash the towel. But it was coming out from your from underneath your toilet. The base, yeah. Ooh. I, yeah, exactly. I know. Oh, God. I'm a dirty person. Sorry. I'm on a concrete slab, so like... I know, but... It's, yeah. All it's right. It's fixed. Took care of it. Okay. Uh, and then... Wash so your like, hands. Wash your hands, everybody. I, I, luckily, we've been washing our hands. Um, some point last year, we had to replace our kitchen faucet, and Alyssa picked one out that looked, quote-unquote, cool. Yes. Right? And we've yes. got a portable dishwasher that has to use a quick connect to hook up to the faucet. And it's awesome, especially because it's come in handy since we're actually home cooking meals all the time now. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the thing, the head of the faucet stripped off, and I took it back to the store where we got it. And it turns out it looked so cool because we bought a non-standard size faucet, which meant we couldn't get a replacement part oh, <laughs> because God. they didn't carry anything. So this just happened yesterday, I think, actually. Yesterday or the day before. Um, I ended up having to go to a store and buy a new faucet and replace it for the second time in the last year. And this time, I made sure to buy one that was standard sized. So, what was <laughs> so, the, what was not standard on the faucet? The threads, um, the threads, yeah, like, oh, the thread man. size was like bigger than your standard faucet in the, its width. So the width was bigger uh-huh. than the standard size. Okay, um, but the threads were the same size. So basically, it was the size of a hose hookup, right? Your faucet. Our faucet was basically the size of a hose. Okay. But the threads were not the size of a hose thread. They, they were, were fine. the smaller size. They were, yes. yeah. Which is why they stripped so easily. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I bought a smaller standard size one that I could easily get replacement parts for at the Home Depot. And I swapped that out. Uh, what was there? Something else I fixed. I don't know. I've, I've gotten a lot of like these little house projects. Cleaning out the garage was huge. I found... Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. So roughly sometime last fall, I bought a $50 sharpshooter game plan. I don't know if we've oh, ever even talked about it. Oh, I have a question about game plan for you in a second. Okay. I Oh, is it about the evil fight? No, let's play Magic. Yes. Never mind. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been talking that, to Dave. Okay, okay. We're working on it. <laughs> um, so anyway, I bought the uh, sharpshooter, and it's a piece of shit. It's trashed. It's mostly just for parts, but I was like, 50 bucks. Like, I'm not going to not buy a pinball machine for 50 nah, bucks. No, that's right? a good investment. Exactly. And then when I went to the guy's place, he ended up having a Paragon playfield and an 8-ball deluxe playfield um, that had a lot of parts on them still. And I bought those for like 50 bucks each, too. And then as I'm leaving, he's like, oh, wait, uh, I bought all this stuff from like some old operator. He gave me just these random bags of parts. Do you want them? And they were literally like, it's probably six to ten Ziploc bags, like gallon-sized Ziploc bags, yeah, just full of stuff. And I was like, I mean, if you're just going to throw them away, sure, you know, let's throw them in the car. Anyway, I got back. That stuff's literally just been sitting in my garage. So when we cleaned out the garage, I was like, I'm going to go through this. And it ended up being like a combination of complete junk and then some really cool stuff. Um, the biggest thing was I found a bag of what appeared to be like some sort of a – almost like a really small ramp 
And it ended up being they were it's the ramp flap from Comet for the center ramp. Okay. And for whatever reason, this guy had I think it ended up being twelve of them, like what? new old stocks, still had protective plastic on them. Yeah. Um wow, so crazy. I posted those in the owner's thread and I sold all those for like twenty five, thirty bucks a piece. Nice. Um a couple of them are going to Australia, a couple went to Georgia. All over the place, but I, I couldn't figure out what it went to because it almost looks like the center ramp from Flash Gordon, but a little smaller. So I posted that to a uh, a Facebook group, and someone identified it as the Comet because it has three hole, three mounting holes at the front edge. Uh-huh. That's how they were able to figure it out. So I was able to get those to people who owned Comet. That was kind of cool. And then there was a bunch of like flipper rebuild kits in there. Um, those are expensive as fuck. They are. And then there was a. Early Bally slingshot kicker arms that have like the little plastic head on them. Yeah. That apparently are like, you can't find them. I have 12 of those. Well, you know what? JD Swinks. He just designed it in 3D printing, right? He just designed it in 3D printing so you can get it, um, I think, from Shapeways. Shapeways. And I think if you just search Swinks pinball, you'll see all JD stuff. He's done a ton of stuff. A ton of these parts that we can't get, and he's made sure people can get them now. JD's like an unsung hero of pinball, man. He's done some great stuff. Um, What was in there? There was literally an entire, like like a Kroger Payless shopping bag full of these little manila envelopes. And I ended up opening them all. And? They they must have come with WPC games. Okay. They they all had Allen wrenches and security bolts. Yes. For the plug at the back of the cabinet. Yes. And they all had like <coughs> did a they couple have the, did they have the of uh replacement pl- sockets for like the under the five 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 under play field, uh like the screw in ones that go to light boards. Yeah. So I now have like a hundred of those. Do, were they are they marked? What do you mean by marked? Do they do they have do they say like Bally or Williams on the outside? Ooh, I don't remember honestly. I oh. don't think think they did but okay. some other parts did um I'm trying to think what there was those are pretty cool yeah there's a couple other things that i haven't been able to identify there's something that's like clearly a coil stop okay um but it's a unique coil stop it's shaped differently so it has to go to some specific mech anything like that i made sure i held on to just in case like somebody can use it at some point um at the same time there was another one of those payless shopping bags just full of rubber just pinball rubbers, just yeah. completely rock hard, just not useful <laughs> at all. And then there was a bunch of used like screws and bolts and stuff. Um, some of those I threw away, but then they, he still had like some of the playfield posts in there, like the kind that get rubbers on them, you know, yeah. the little yeah. metal ones. And those I I saved and I tumbled everything. It was like, yeah, sweet, those are totally reusable. Um, and fuses, I got like between two hundred and two hundred and fifty fuses out of there that were still good. What? And yeah, they were just in there. Still good fuses. Um, there was also a bunch of used light bulbs. It was just weird. I spent like a whole afternoon just going through this stuff with Alyssa, and I bought a bunch of uh, small like parts toolboxes to organize stuff. Um, it was kind of like a little adventure. But regardless, uh, I was able to get those Comet ramp parts to people that needed them, which was pretty cool. And then I got a bunch of little things that I can totally use. So nice. It is what it is. That was a fun, fun little pinball adventure. For You've me had day. a very, very productive quarantine. I've, I've, you gotta like, I've tried to explain to people like, oh, you're doing a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but I went from working like 60, 80 hours a week to not doing anything. Like yeah. it's really hard for me to not do anything. I've still taken a day or two here or there. Like 
We obviously watched uh, Tiger King on Netflix because you had to watch that. Um, <laughs> Alyssa and I watched an entire sitcom called The Goldbergs. Uh, it's I think it's an ABC show, but it was on Hulu. Yeah. I strongly recommend it. It's basically a, a guy retelling his childhood in the 80s with his family. And it's like typical sitcom stuff, but a lot of the 80s references are like, that's my childhood too. So like I got a lot of the show, appreciated it. That was good stuff. Uh, now, how old were you in yeah. the 80s? You were like four. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, okay. so they talk a lot about like Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters and arcades. Like it's stuff that carried on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not but like, it's, okay. Yeah, it, it's like he's, I think he's playing like a fifth or sixth grader in the show for the most okay. part. So like definitely older than me, but like those are things I still grew up with. Plus we, I didn't grow up like we were we weren't like super well off. So like I watched older stuff. I played with older toys, <laughs> like, right. like things like that, like Ninja Turtles. That's, that's like my nineties. Like that started in the late eighties. That's like what I mainly remember. Gotcha. New yeah. Yeah, yeah. Machine coming. yeah. Yeah. I'm tech excited to see it. Now who's doing and who's doing, uh, that's, that is supposedly um, John St- Borg. That's Stern. right. Yeah. Borg, um, um zombie Yeti. Borg, Yeti, and rumor of uh, Dwight on code. But who, like with all the quarantine stuff, kind of who knows? Uh, I'm excited to see it whenever they can show games. Hot Wheels came out from American Pinball. Hot Wheels um, came out. We've got um, Hot Wheels came out. And I think that, uh, are they shipping? They're not shipping. I, I have no idea. I've I haven't seen- paid a ton of attention. Uh, this Week in Pinball did do a really good article on how COVID-19 has impacted the industry. Um, and talking specifically in the article to people kind of from each pinball company and how it's impacted them. So that was really well done. Um, I would definitely steer anyone who's curious about that to that article. I didn't read the whole thing. I skimmed it, but what I saw was cool. So I don't know, but new games are coming, you know, whenever everything goes back to whatever normal well, sh- I know that Chicago Chicago Gaming Company is shipping. Okay, so uh, that's Monster Bash, essentially Attack from Mars, Medieval Madness. I know that people are getting like the Royal Medieval Madnesses are showing yeah, up. I saw one of those posted the other day. I know Spooky. They moved headquarters, and Wisconsin's still been on shutdown as a state, so they have not been able to go back into production on Rick and Morty. Um, but they will when they can. Uh, I'm trying to think. Supposedly, what Guns and Roses? I think is supposed to be coming from Jersey Jack. Yep, heard that. And they've typically released something at the Midwest Gaming Classic, which was canceled. So, um, I think when things get back to normal, we're going to get hit with some stuff pretty quickly. Uh, how uh, long? But how long do you think that will take? Like, how long? I, I, do you, like we started the show, man. I don't know. Like so, nobody knows. I mean, I think one thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to burn through their inventory, right? So like Stern, you know, you know that they had inventory they were going to be doing. I don't know. When they announced. I, I don't think they keep a ton of inventory. So that's. How close, how close were they in? How close do you think they were to revealing the next title? I was told that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was on the line when yeah. shutdown happened. That so, would make sense. Yep. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because they released their game. I think I think Black Knight was just shown at the Midwest Gaming Classic the year before. Um, which would again, they don't do everything the same every year, but typically they tease something at Texas, but don't show anything new there, and then they show something new within the coming weeks. 
That's happened the last two or three years. Yeah. So um, they would Stern have been, has yeah. kicked butt on code updates during shutdown. They, um, I know Elvira's gotten code updates, Black Knight, s- several Iron Man uh, from 10 years ago. They announced the vault edition right before quarantine happened. So my guess was they were doing like a small Iron Man vault run to lead into the production lines hitting Ninja Turtles. And that will come out whenever. Um, it'll be curious to see like th- sort of the longer term uh, impact economically on the pinball market. Like how many people are going to be running out to buy $5,000 toys in the next six months. You know what I mean? Uh, and it depends be, yeah. just how that, how long this goes. And like for me, my, my fun pinball money is spent. That's why I've been working on these projects I've, I've gotten. Uh, and that's still able to do it. And again, I'm still doing okay. Cause I have my teaching income. Uh, but other people like Alyssa is the exact opposite. She's still doing her schoolwork, but she's also licensed to do uh, social work therapy. Yeah. And because of the fact that she can do it through teleconferencing now, she's actually been working a ton more and she gets paid more to do that. So she's been able to do that while still doing her teaching responsibilities or her school responsibilities. And she's actually making more money during the shutdown. So it's been kind of interesting. We've kind of swapped roles. I think I think one thing that's going to I think one thing that'll be interesting once we start getting back to opening places up is going to be how like social distancing because that's going to continue for a while how social distancing will affect operators in how many games you have on location and also there's going to be locations that need every inch of space to make sure that their customers have that 6 foot guideline space right so if you had a restaurant where you might have like three pins in the back, they might need that for a table, right? Yeah. Does uh, that make, I mean, no, it totally makes sense. I've definitely seen that. There's a, a an operators group on Facebook that I'm part of, and that's something people have brought up as a concern. Um, I mean, just looking at the location where my pins are, my pins are side by side, but it's just not that busy of a place unless it's one of the nights they have a band. So like for spacing, it wouldn't be that big of an issue. Um, if I have to remove pins, I have to remove pins. It's whatever. But, um, like the bar where I work on a typical weekend, like it's standing room only, like where people are packed in there. It's hard to walk through carrying food and drinks. Yeah. So like, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. I don't like, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I know that I know that there was an operator uh, somewhat local that sold a lot of their games like as soon as the shutdown happened, I think that they just went and got their games and just unloaded them. Yeah. Um and that and that's part of it too. Obviously, there's been you know, since we started recording and even before that, there's been an upward swing in prices of pinball machines and uh I think that is going to stop. I think it's going to drop and they'll come back down a little bit. Which is good and bad. Um, you know, if you spend a lot of money on a certain title in the last year or two, I'm guessing it may lose value. Uh, it's just a possibility. That's the reality of what it's been. It's happened before in pinball. So but the pricing right now is insane. I mean, the, I mean, it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's still it's crazy. What people will pay. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, it's like there are still games moving. Like there are still games I see being posted for what I think is an exorbitant amount of money, and they're selling now. They're selling in the middle oh, yeah. of a quarantine. So I I, yeah. I I don't know. I mean I think yeah, I don't know. I think it'll I, be I, again, I think it'll be tough for like people who wanted just one game at home. 
You know, like maybe that's all they can afford. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's such, it's such an extravagance. I mean, that's like, I've saved up money to get a pinball machine and I, you know, it's like, I really want one, but I, I don't foresee shelling out the money to get one right now. Yeah. I totally agree. That's kind of, that's where I'm at. It's like, I'm not buying anything right now. Uh, I've had, uh, the stranger things. I had a, a trade in place from before all this lockdown, we were supposed to swap at Texas so, you know, that was kind of one of those things. We ended up, I actually, we did the swap when I drove out to Denver because it was just on the way. But it was literally in the driveway, drop the machines out of the car and load up the machine that I took and off we went. Uh, no contact sort of thing. So that's been, uh, <clears throat> it, everything is going to be different. I just think that, like I said, I don't know exactly how, but I think that's just the reality. Like we said, there's a, a ton of uncertainty right now um, in life, not just in pinball. But yeah it'll obviously affect our pinball hobby. And I, I just think there's nobody knows. We don't know. Experts don't know. Eventually we will know, but it'll take time. It will take time. And we should take, I mean, I, I think we should take some time to make sure that we don't do anything stupid. Um, but it'll take time. I mean, yeah. the, ho- the hobby is like, I don't know. I mean, the thing that's tough for me is like, I have not been playing a ton like one, I, I ran out of contacts and so I'm wearing glasses and I have a really hard time playing pinball and glasses. Like I just don't like it. Uh, so I've, I've not been playing well, but I'm also like, I get, like I said earlier, like I get frustrated about it, but I also, I just miss that, like the social aspect of it. I mean, pinball for me, had really gotten to be more about hanging out with my friends and, you know, like, especially in Richmond, the Richmond Pinball Collective, and, you know, it, it that really helped grow the hobby locally, so it was like, yeah, it was, like, nice to, like, I really miss that social aspect of pinball, and so playing pinball by myself just does not, it just doesn't carry, it's just not as fun, you know, yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm the opposite. I still prefer playing by myself. <laughs> so this I mean, has been pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would play by myself. I mean, I would play, I played every day whether yeah. I was, you know, and I didn't see my thing is like, I didn't always get to hang out. Like I didn't always get to go out. Like I, you know, it's like my schedule was such that I, I rarely got out to play, but I don't know. It's just something about knowing that I can't like knowing that I can't have people over to hang out and drink a beer, um, is uh, tough. You want what you can't have. I want what I cannot have. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, a lot of, yeah, I don't know. No, I get it. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm fairly social person. Like I enjoy seeing people, I guess, but I also really enjoy being alone. So like I don't know I that's been one of the things Alyssa's like I've loved this because we get to see each other every day like way more than we usually do. Oh, it's been nice. I mean, it's been nice. Like, to me, that's been like oh, like I've had days where I have to be like I have to be in the other room because I just don't like to be around people this much. Yeah, like so that part's been <laughs> interesting. Uh, a big congratulations to Alyssa though. She just got the head coaching job uh, at the school corporation that she currently works at uh, for soccer, even oh, though we've already been told that fall sports may not happen next school year. <laughs> so yeah. that'll be interesting. But yeah, she was the head coach at the school on the other side of town this past year. 
and they opened the job opened up at her school corporation and she applied and just found out yesterday afternoon that she got it. So that was pretty cool. She's real excited about that. Now just got to find out if they'll have a season or not. I will recommend a Netflix show. Oh, I've got one too. I have uh, Sunderland till I die, which is about the Sunderland football club in England. And there um, there's only two seasons of the show, but if you, if you are a soccer fan, you will, it's a, it's really well done, but, uh, yeah, it's called Sunderland till I die. It's on Netflix. There's two seasons and I've just finished the, I think I just watched the last episode yesterday. Nice. So yes, uh, I recommend camp Crip. It's a documentary uh, yep. on, um, essentially the civil rights movement for people with disabilities and being someone who teaches special ed part-time and I've worked in an autism center and I've volunteered with the special Olympics and I've always had a soft spot for people with disabilities. Uh, Amazing film for me personally, because that's just an issue that I'm always very sensitive about. I cried for like most of it. (laughs) Um, Like, but like, like not like, Tears in a good way. Yeah, um, no, like, it's yeah. It's an amazing documentary, yeah. so I strongly recommend that. Uh, and it was interesting because even as somebody who does work in special ed and has, like, you know, spent a good portion of my life in this sort of realm, it was amazing how much I actually learned because <clears throat> for my lifetime, there's always been these accommodations uh, for those with disabilities. Yeah. And this film covers essentially, like, when there weren't those accommodations and what they had to do to get them. It's interesting because, like, would have been 2004, uh, the summer after my freshman year of college, I worked for a road construction company. Mm-hmm. And one of the jobs I was assigned to was we were putting in um, wheelchair access curbs in one of the cities near where I lived. Um, and it was part of the American <clears throat> ADA, the American Disabilities Act. And what's crazy is, like, we were doing that in 2004, and this these laws were passed, like, decades before that (laughs) and like we were just getting around to making the accommodations so like in i didn't think anything of it at the time i didn't know when that act was from at that time watching this documentary now and being like holy shit like decades later i was still doing something to meet the requirements of this act passed by law yeah Uh, it was kind of interesting and eye-opening and just seeing like the things i know my students deal with uh sometimes and the benefits that they have now that these other individuals fought for it was really well done yeah so check that out. I, will def- I will definitely watch that yeah um you have some tissue nearby just in case i will man i will i will do that maybe i'll stay up 30 hours straight like you may have before i watch it because maybe that will um that was on like a regular sleep schedule when i watched oh, okay, that. Yeah. okay i wasn't like sleep deprived i actually <laughs> put it on planning to fall asleep like Alyssa fell asleep and i was like oh this looks somewhat interesting i'll check it out and but i'll probably pass out and then I was like so emotional afterwards. I stayed up and watched like a whole other movie. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm like my sleep schedule is so fucked up. Like I. Oh yeah, I'm not even close to normal, man. Yeah. I get that. And my kids, like my kids, like I try to get them up out of the bed by ten. I'm like, just please get up. Just please get. You know. And they're like, Ella wants to play on her iPad. Um, you know, Ava wants to. You know, be on her phone. I'm like, just just get up. Because honestly, like I have to get, I have to get them fed before like I can move on with my day. So I'm like, please let me feed you breakfast so I can go and do something. Um, I've eaten. That's I saw it as a meme, but it was like for real. And Alyssa even said something to me 
but like eating at home has not made me lose weight at all because I cook like these massive meals and I eat it all because I'm so bored sometimes. Yeah. And she's like, she literally said to me like a week ago, it's kind of kind of shitty way, but she's like, I really thought if you didn't work at Kirby's, you'd lose more weight, but you oh, definitely no. haven't. And I was like, yeah, I told you I didn't eat a lot of food there. Plus, on an average night, I walk like 12 miles while working my shift. Yeah. I was like, now I'm sitting at home and I'm eating the same amount, if not more, and I'm not doing anything. My neighbor's dog got out. And I ran down four houses to catch it, and I was really, really winded. Because <laughs> I have, I mean, I haven't usually. At least I wrestle two or three days a week, minimum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's not season, you know, outside of season, and I haven't been doing any of that. Um, update on the COVID situation: I just got a message from our bar. The governor announced we can reopen on May 11th. Okay, but we can only have 50 percent of our dining occupied. Yeah, and we cannot open the bar. Yep. So. I think for our restaurant, that means we could probably only have like 30 customers. You cannot have people sitting seated at the bar. Correct. Um, it just says no bar in the message I got. So we'll see. But that just that just literally came through two minutes ago. There you on go. My little work app. So I don't know, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I will say this. I do want I, you know, um, dirty Donnie posted something recently about like trying to support um, artists and friends or whatever. And like, I will say that I, I do think that we should do as much as we can do to help support each other. I think, I think one of the things that I think is interesting, I think it's interesting about the idea of like the economy being shut down because I will say like a lot of the people that I know are still working. Like they still have jobs. You know, there's a lot of jobs. People are going to restaurants, people are doing whatever they can do. Um, so a lot of corporations aren't necessarily able to be working, you know, open right now, but it doesn't mean that we can't like create like micro economies within the people we know. So if you need something done at your house or something like that, and you have the money that, and you know, somebody who can perform that work, maybe hire them, you know? But, you know, like I know, you know, Zach at Tilt Hammer, he did a thing for his shirts. Uh, he ran a special, you know, just stuff like that. Like if I know that people are buying like T-shirts from arcades to help arcades through this time, like that's a really good way to um, just help out people in the in the pinball community. Yeah. Um, on that oh, note, I actually forgot I had done something similar. I was going to gonna bring that. I was going to bring that up. I was going to yeah, bring up. So on that note, uh, because of the fact that I'm not working at the bar and I'm not making any of my coin drop from my location, uh, realistically being closed for six weeks, I've been out like roughly close to $4,000 on a safe estimate. Uh, something like that. So I took the time to design some lapel pins based on classic Stern pinball machine artwork. Uh, from Stargazer, Sea Witch, and Quicksilver, because those are just three of my favorite classic Sterns. And that artwork uh, doesn't have any sort of copyright issues on it. Uh, it is slightly modified from the original, but you can definitely tell what they're inspired by. And they are supposed to be arriving today, in fact, um, from the company I ordered them from. And I posted them. I created a little pin side shop. It's called Tommy's Pins. And I actually had a lot of fun creating them and working with a company to get those made. So I plan to do some other pinball-inspired lapel pins in the future. But I, I limited this uh, classic Stern set to 100. I've sold, I think, 11 or 12 of them already. 
and they're available on Tommy's Pins on Pinside as a little shop. Um, that was the only place I've posted them so far. Once they're actually here and I've got them fully packaged, I'm going to open up a little Etsy shop as well. Nice. But it was just a way that I could do something that was still pinball-related for me. It was something I personally wanted, and nobody else out there had done it yet. And I figured, why the hell not make them? So I shared them on our uh, our Instagram and I think maybe our Facebook. But uh, it's Tommy's Pins. They are the face of the girl from Stargazer, the girl from Sea Witch, and the girl from uh, Quicksilver. Uh, it's like more of like a full body thing on hers. Uh, the Sea Witch and Stargazer are each one inch lapel pins. And the Quicksilver is an inch and a half because I kind of included some more of the uh, background artwork as well on that game because I thought it looked better that way. So those are out there. I know uh, DW uh, ordered several sets, one, one for himself and a couple of tournament giveaways for uh, for someone out in your area. And I had somebody else, I think, from Richmond order a set as well. Nice. Yeah, so, I, w- I will be ordering a set. Sweet. Um, I will be shipping it to you, though. Yeah, they look great. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are doing stuff like that. A lot of mask making. Um, yeah, so if oh, yeah, you, my if mom you... sewed me a big shout out to my mom. I got the mask she sewed me for work, uh, yesterday. Nice. So I sewed, I sewed my own for when we first, the first day we were open was Monday. It was really uncomfortable. I, t- I one thing I did put tie strings on it instead of the elastic straps, which yeah. helped. Yeah. But just having something on my face, I don't actually like outside of my beard. So it's taken me some, uh, uh getting used to. But I got her mask she made me yesterday, and I will be wearing one when I go to work in an hour. Um, well, I have to go because I have to get my daughter set up on the computer so she can do her online class. Um, but I obviously want to, I you know, want to just say how amazing like all the first responders are and doctors and nurses and oh for everybody sure. who's like been out there. The mailmen who are delivering all these packages. Oh my god! Still, that has been like their job. I, I actually went to the post office to mail those comet ramp uh, flaps the other day. Yeah. And there was a huge line. They have space marked out for six feet apart. Yeah. But the guy from the post office came out and said to the line, like, just to let you know, we have 12 people who have taken a three month, uh, three months off because, or two months, whatever it was, time off because their kids are now home from school and they have to be there with their kids. There's literally only three of us in the whole building, yeah. one in the back and two at the counter. So it might be a while. And I made sure when I got up there, just be like, hey, thank you. You know, like, yeah. I know you guys are doing the best you can. We appreciate it. I started doing, so I, with my rails, I would always take them to the post office. And like at the beginning of this all, I actually ran out of material. So I just stopped. Like I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to be doing it at all. And then, um, the stock became available again. So I started back up and I started using stamps.com and I'd like, I ship everything from home and I put all my tubes in the, um, in my mailbox and the dude takes them and, um, super appreciative but yeah man it's like the people on the front line are dealing with some serious shit and i really hope that when we um we we are starting to come out of quarantine in some states while we do that we still have to remember that like if we get sick that puts whoever has to take care of us in danger And so, you know, just be super safe, be super smart and, you know, think about how important that seemingly essential trip you need to make is so you don't, you know, you don't end up in a hospital or anything like that. So 
I just, yeah, I, I just agree. want, I just want everybody to come through safe. And, you know, I know people who have lost people. Um, and so it, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a really tough time. And I, yeah, just, I look forward to seeing everybody on the other side of it healthy so we can get together and play pinball. And it's been fun, man. hundred episodes. I, I never thought that we would do that. It seems like a really big number. Um, but it's been fun, man. And it's, uh, it's been good. Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been a, it has been, man. A lot of, we've done a lot of things. (laughs) We've done a lot of things, man. Yeah, I yeah, always crazy. look forward to sitting down and talking, man. Keeping each other a little bit sane from them time. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just fun to share pinball with someone, man. So sorry, this episode, guys, as a hundredth episode wasn't completely pinball focused. Yeah, but our show it never is, no. and it's just the reality of the world we're living in at the moment. So, uh, sorry I bombarded you with all these projects I've done and all of our concerns and worries about COVID, but it's just what it is, and. Uh, I look forward to the next episode. Hopefully yeah, there'll be a little bit more normalcy after that one and the one after that. And we'll just keep improving from where we're at. Send me a, uh, somebody, like our content. Send, somebody hook yeah. me up with a uh, reasonably priced Jurassic park pro. Hook me and up. I just hooked you up with some sweet pictures of a rat's nest of wiring for nice. the episode cover. So. All right. Um, Tommy, take care, be safe, go, go make some money and we'll do, man. everybody else be safe. Um, do what you need to do to be safe. And there's nothing wrong with staying home if you can stay home. So, yeah, just because stuff does reopen, you don't have to go. Nope. Do what you think is best for you. Absolutely. All right, brother. Later, man. Later, man. Bye. Bye.